After a week of disappearing, Nick finally reappeared. Sam was able to reach him, and just as we had thought he was in California, but not in the way we were hoping. She girlfriend's divorce was being finalized, but this only came up after a long and elaborate story about meeting with producers and the show being bought by a studio. Sam passed us word and a meeting was scheduled a few days later. The Skype call was pointless. Nick was walking around a house with his iPad and kept losing signal and there were large patches of the conversation where we couldn't hear him and wondered if the call was lost. We couldn't hear the information we were being given and as far as we knew the job was almost done. We sat back and waited. Nick said the meeting had been cancelled. He retreated back to Bellevue and the project continued. In the meantime he continued to pressure me to write the novels for him, the book versions of the show we were working on. It didn't make any sense. The plot and the season weren't even near completion and he wanted me to start writing a book that wouldn't fit the end product of the show. After my last refusal Nick found someone else. Two people were brought in around this time, a man who had worked in television doing commercials for different companies and a writer like myself. The director I was not familiar with and had never seen any of his material. He seemed to be a nice guy that knew what he was talking about and was very professional during our meetings. He also, to his credit, made it a point during the meetings to reduce time by cutting off Nick and focusing the conversation on the task at hand. Nick did not like this at first but the risk of losing someone who currently did work in television was too great. A few weeks later, with too many projects on the table, the director left and things started to unravel. The writer was a retired gentleman who had written over 30 westerns on Amazon and was doing well for himself. Nick had never read any of his books but thought a western was a close fit with the show we were making. It wasn't the writer that pissed me off in the end it was Nick trying to get rid of me. He has over 30 books Matt, how many have you written? 12. How many did you say you have sold in a day? Nick asked the new guy. Oh, I've seen a hundred sold in a day. Nick acting like this guy was Stephen King compared to me. I couldn't compare myself to this guy and Nick shouldn't have been either. He was retired, money coming in that he didn't have to work for any more and all the free time in the world to continue writing without the worry of bills being paid. And yet, Nick acted like I was a failure because I was not like this guy. I couldn't believe how agreeable this new guy was. He was excited to be brought into the project, he kind of reminded me of myself when I started. The real kick in the pants came when Nick assigned me to show the new guy where all the files were in the system with character profiles and the several versions of the plot that had never been finalized. Everything was up in the air and waiting for Nick's approval until he had some moment of genius on the toilet changing everything again. This isn't the time to start working on a book. This is exactly the time. Nick argued. I want to have this out when the show had about the air. Even if the show had been bought weeks ago the soonest it could have aired would have been a year and most shows are shelved indefinitely for years until they are forgotten about. Nick couldn't publish a book because the studio would have bought those rights as well. He had no idea what the fuck he was talking about or doing. The meetings had gone back to Nick's rants about AA and his capitalist ambitions. My own book sales had dwindled and I wasn't close to having anything new in print. I never showed the new guy where the files were. Sam was in charge of organizing the information and he lived with Nick. The only purpose of Nick doing this was to rub it in my face that I had turned it down and I am still glad to this day that I had. I sent an email the next day that I was done, going back to writing on Amazon, I would no longer be working on the show. For once Nick was humble in his response. An email was sent to the rest of the group, remember I was being carbon copied for all emails, wishing me the best. After that everything went downhill. For over a year I was still getting emails about the project, meetings, and possible investors. Pictures of Nick with Middle Eastern men and white guys with gold chains hanging just above their hairy bellies started to appear in my email. Then silence. Sam contacted me a year after I had left the show. 
Nick had disappeared again and wasn't returning emails or phone calls. Todd was still working on the script but without the leader there was nothing they could do. Sam tried to bring me back into the project to have Nick's attention and finally finish things. The night we were supposed to Skype and play catch-up I became violently ill and cancelled less than an hour before the meeting. It was never rescheduled and a week later there were emails about Todd leaving the show. If that guy thinks he doesn't need our money while he's driving Uber to pay bills he's mistaken. Nick wrote in an email. I understand that things are tough but he's not worth what he's asking. Lowball him, he'll fold and take what he's offered. He's desperate. To Todd's credit he didn't fold. He made his offer to what it would cost to stay on the show and when they didn't agree he left. Todd was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet and that was his downside as well. Things might have been changing for him. As someone who would always agree to what was being offered being in a financial hotspot was making his spine grow and I knew that he had learned something while working on this project. There was a long list of insults and complaints once Todd left. The shit talking had reached epic proportions. Suddenly Todd was the worst human being on the planet and wasn't worth the work he had put in. Nick was convinced they would find somebody else and they would be a real professional this time, but it never happened. That was the end of the show. Emails continued, mostly sending questions about the cable bill to Sam. The show was never mentioned again and soon the emails stopped as well. Either Nick was no longer using his email or he stopped linking me and everyone else to his account. The show was never bought, it was never completed, and while I had worked on it for years, I have to admit it was something that I never would have chosen to watch if it was on television. I learned a lot of valuable lessons along the way. When you smell bullshit run away. Know what your time is worth. Do not work with people who can not focus on the task at hand. If you find yourself feeding someone else's ego run away. Don't work for someone who knows less than you. Nick's advice for life would boil down to one thing, marry rich. Out of all of his stories, comments about his hot daughter, the gaining and losing of money over the years, the one thing he always went back to was not marrying the rich Jewish girl. Nick had a habit of directing his attention to anything other than what he should be working on. I could only imagine what that would have been like if you added your dick as a wingman to the situation. These days you can find Nick on a cruise ship or in Southern California. The show is a forgotten relic, Walden has been abandoned, my writing career is still recovering. Nick had dreams of being a Vegas star at one time, memorizing the American songbook and recording his own album, and while he gave the appearance of being a man of the world it became obvious to those who knew him, he was more like Dolomite than Sinatra. A human tornado came to down, upended my life, filled my head with promises and fantasies of greatness, and in the end left with little to show for it. In the end all I got was this blog post and a flannel shirt.